Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy is with us in studio. Always have lovely to have you here, Wendy. Welcome. Thanks, Pippa. Okay. Um, it is a bit of a follow-up show today. Uh, we're going to bring you the latest on the Botanical Society and Kirsten Bosch memberships. Not, not, not a huge amount of extra info, but some interesting insights into the ramifications of those uh, those movements. There'll be an update on the not-so-local best hip shoes <laughs> and then some feedback on the issue of wheelchair access at the Artscape Theatre. So a few bits and pieces to follow up on and then I hope we'll have time for some open line calls. I see a couple of questions already coming through on the open line, so that's great. Keep them coming. WhatsApp's to 072-567-1567. Let's start with Sanby and Botsock. Wendy, it was about a month or two ago already, if not more, that we talked about the, for some really devastating news that had been dished out to members of the Botanical Society, that their free access to Kirsten Bosch Gardens was being phased out and that life memberships were being severely curtailed in terms of their benefits. So only one person was going to get free access in future versus the five people allowed on the card when that membership was purchased. And understandably, a lot of upset about it. Wendy, just remind us of the background here. Sure. So the relationship between Botsock and the National Botanical Institute, Sandby, which administers the gardens, goes back more than a century. And Botsock volunteers have really done a huge amount to support the gardens during that time and promote their use by locals in particular. So you you can understand why many of the 14,000 odd members were really not at all pleased about this news. So at the time we spoke about this in February, Botsock South Africa's general manager, Antonia de Barros, told us how disappointed they were to have the free access withdrawn and that they had tried through lengthy negotiations with Sandby to avoid the situation, but without success. Okay, so that's where we left it. And then just about a week or so ago, we heard from a listener who is a Botsock member, Jonathan Schroer, who raised some very interesting points and questions about Sandby's motivation in removing this free access. And we really thought it was worth sharing some of his input and getting a response from the Botanical Institute. Jonathan wrote to say, when Kirsten Bosch was created 110 years ago, a condition was that an NGO of support of citizens be formed to help. And that is Botsock. The one benefit that Sanby has always allowed Botsock was the free entry to all national gardens, including Kirsten Bosch. All the other benefits have flowed from Botsock and its army of unpaid volunteers to Sanby and Kirsten Bosch. And Jonathan went on to say many members were frustrated by the lack of transparency around the negotiations. He pointed to non-disclosure clauses being invoked that were preventing members from receiving updates about what was actually being negotiated on their behalf. But most of all, he was really sceptical about Sanby's motives in withdrawing the free membership benefit. And he wrote to me to say that at one of the, the committee meetings on Zoom, the DA Shadow Minister for the Environment, Dave Bryant, had actually asked the C. CEO of Sanby, what was the reason for changing this relationship and ending that benefit? And the written reply he received said they wanted the entrance money, that all the Botsuck members who were being entering for free, they wanted that income. Now, Jonathan says, even if you accept their calculations, they expect to get roughly 5 million rand extra per annum. 
Sanpi's income in 2022 was over 800 million rand, so the supposed increase to their funds would be 0.7%. He says Botsok officials themselves expect the result of removing this free entrance will result in more than 80% of Botsok members not renewing their membership. And those membership fees provide about 60% of Botsok's annual income. It would be a disaster for the Botanical Society and for the work it does to sustain Kirsten Bosch. And Wendy, that's a really, really good question that he's saying. So it's a small drop in a bucket for Sanby. For a massive It's a impact. huge flood for Botsock's bucket. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, fascinating question. Um, why would Sanby, for a theoretical gain of less than a percent, remove a benefit which would potentially destroy the oldest and most established botanical NGO in the country? So we put that to Sanby this week, and I invited a Sanby rep to join us on air to discuss the issue today because up till now we've only engaged with Botsock about yeah. it. And I did ask Antonio to, Antonio to come and join us today um, and didn't get a response. Um, so they have opted not to do so, saying the negotiations have nearly been concluded but not quite signed off. They had a meeting on, on Monday. Um, but I've got a written response, which unfortunately doesn't take the matter much further. Sandby's Director of Marketing and Communication, non began by saying there is no dispute between Sanby and Botsock. The revision of the free access arrangement was concluded following an extensive and mutual process of negotiation led by Sanby Executive Management and the Botsock Council, which is a leadership structure appointed by Botsock members. While negotiations on most matters have been finalized, the parties are finalizing arrangements on free entry through existing Botsock life membership beyond the 31st of March uh, 2024 and aim to conclude this aspect shortly. The two as- the two organizations remain committed to this alliance towards safeguarding and working towards the sustainable use of the nation's unique natural heritage so that future generations across South Africa may enjoy nature's contribution to people. So there was a follow-up <laughs> meeting coincidentally which took place on Monday this week um, and when I checked uh, back uh, this yes, just yesterday, I was told discussions with Botsock are nearly concluded on outstanding matters with proposals having been sent to our executive and board. We are therefore unable to come onto your show until such time as these are signed off by both Botsock and Sanby Exec. It's very frustrating, Wendy, because the the key issue you've pointed out, okay, removing the free membership from ordinary annual membership is going to happen. That's already been concluded and that's a yearly contract. So fair enough, you sign up for the terms and conditions that are disclosed to you up front. The very, very, very big one here is the fact that somebody paid for a life membership that offered five people and, entrance. Yes. And those terms and conditions are being changed after the purchase has been made. And that is, is as never you okay. pointed out, never okay. And that was the, the main focus of our legal. coverage yeah. up till now. And it's not legal, no. And it's so to, to hide behind non-disclosure clauses and say, well, it's it's not, not comp- finalised yet, they should be answering to that question before it's finalised. Exactly. what if they come back and, and say we're doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Someone has to take them to court then, I mean, is the bottom line, because it is against the principles of the Consumer Protection Act. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah so we as, as the media, I think we do have a responsibility to keep shining a light on this yeah. and, until 
you know, we you get some proper we're answers. Here. We still we're still waiting for the answer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, a, a message in here from someone saying, I w- went to check yesterday that pensioners' access would still be free at Kirsten Bosch. It's always lovely to see the crowd of Cape Town oldies there, especially from the Cape Flats, and I hope this won't fall away. The comment is, for the majority of Cape Tonians, Kirsten Bosch at 100 Rand is not affordable. We want to take our employee from Lavender Hill there, but if we had to pay for all three of us to go, we could not afford to do so. There's no not been any suggestion that the pensioner rebate is going to change no. as in any of the communication no. I've seen. Uh, Wendy, Nothing that's about that, but I think we should yeah. ask. But maybe it's worth sure. another follow-up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nina, yes, we are going to podcast this conversation. Um, I'm sorry that we don't have more to offer you other than that very frustrating and long-winded holding pattern of a response from them that doesn't really say <laughs> exactly. anything at all. But Jonathan, thank you for sharing the maths with us on those calculations. And again, Wendy, that's the question you want asked. Is it really worth risking the future survival of the Botanical Society for the sake of a drop of drop in the bucket of a 0.7% increase in your income. And look, exactly. I mean, not the only Sanby complaint we've been hearing this month, Wendy. A lot of people very upset that we are once again not present at the Chelsea Flower Show in London, which is happening as we speak. It is the fourth consecutive year um, that the, the usual South African and Kirsten Bosch presence there is not there. The first two were because of COVID, to be fair. But this is the second year in a row we just aren't there. And our listener Roger wrote in to me about this yesterday saying Kirsten Bosch has not got a stand at the Chelsea Flower Show. We've won best stand at the show numerous times. Why has Environmental Affairs or SA Tourism or some other department stepped in to fund what is a major advert for our magnificent gardens and Feinbos? There is a stand sponsored by a hotel and wine seller instead. Yeah, that is the sum it's, total of the South African representation this year. So privately done. Yeah, only. privately done. Um, look, um, Roger, as I said in our returned email, my colleague um, Clarence spoke to Keith Kirsten, our gardening guru, a couple of days ago on this issue. Keith was about to leave taking a party to the Chelsea Flower Show, and he did indicate that talks were underway and that he would be engaging with Chelsea organisers, as would many other senior people in the gardening world, about trying to get things back on track for 2024. I was really hoping we could ask Sanby about that when they joined us on air today, but Wendy, mm, once again, that's very sad. I have such a happy memory of as a foreign correspondent in London in the 90s, going uh, on the media day, the day before the show opened, and interviewing the Kirsten Bosch crowd for the, and they had been awarded yet another gold medal. Just the pride, and they gave me a King Protea to travel (laughs) back on the tube, the the bus and the tube back home, and and I felt like I was holding a little piece of gold. Literally, people were looking at me with much envy. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it's uh, after all the years, and I mean, the dozens and dozens of medals we've won there. It is. It's. It's a disgrace to think that we're not there again this so, year. So but, uh, sad. Okay, so we will keep on monitoring that story and sharing developments as and when we can. Thank you for the ongoing interest in that one. And clearly, there's a lot of overlap, I think, between Botanical Society membership and Cape Talk audience, Wendy, judging by the high level of interest here. Anna saying, what will become of the tea room? And uh, as far as we know, nothing at all is going to change. But in terms of your ability to access that tea room with your free membership uh, through through Botsock membership, that, that may change depending on what sort of And that's another impact yeah. because a lot of those people... It would then go and have a cup of have tea. Have a cup of tea in a scone, yeah. Exactly. So what becomes of the tea room if yeah. all of that the traffic is lost? sustainability of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good question. And all the knock on the gift, the gift shop, the mm. bookshop, and mm. all those businesses that rely on that traffic. Okay, um, we'll keep you posted on that one. Uh, so that's where we'll leave Kirsten Bosch for now. The other thing we wanted to update you on was the wheelchair access to the theatre. And Wendy, I'm just looking at the clock and seeing the time and wondering if we shouldn't rather… Do bear step. 
step into Bear Step, okay. which is a quick, quick fix, uh, quick update before we go to news, and we'll sure. come back to the artscape. Okay, so last month we aired this, uh, almost uh, just over a month ago, we aired the story of Bear Step Shoes, the company marketing, lightweight, sort of barely there running shoes with a really good, uh, feel good backstory about the two founders meeting on a mountainside in Cape Town, getting into a conversation about the woman's shoes and then um, joining forces to create these these shoes, um, create, design and manufacture them locally. Very warm and fuzzy, yeah. and um, but later revealed that um, <laughs> just a fabrication <laughs> through a reverse image search which anyone can do if you've got the internet um, and uh, yeah these shoes are, are Chinese made they're being sold at uh, the equivalent of about 160 rand on sites such as um, Alibaba, Alibaba. Yeah. and um and the, and the, well, the, the point, the thing that, the reason this was exposed was they were selling it, um, well, supposedly 3,000 rand slashed to 1,090. Um, and a lot of people hadn't, were complaining on sites such as Hello Peter and Trustpilot that they hadn't got their shoes. A couple of people got refunds via um, chargeback from on their the banks and one directly from the company when she's said she was going to get me on the case, apparently. Anyway, we we, we had a, a complaint at Don Stefan, and um, he, well, we, we had found out. This week. We heard yeah. from this week. He, seven and a half weeks after paying for two pairs, so what a bit over 2,000 rand, um, he applied for chargeback, got his money back, and then got the shoes. Oh, um, now what do you do there? Yeah, so I said, well, you need to do the right thing. You need to inform the company. He said, absolutely, because you can't be enriched out of it. So obviously there wasn't a connection. They hadn't made the connection between that customer and the chargeback, and so the shoes still went. What had happened was we I discovered through the logistics company was the first uh, the shoes had been um, held up in customs. The second one came, but very late, so they actually didn't have shoes in hands when the marketing um, uh, machines got going, which was a problem in itself. And yeah. anyway, so the first batch got um, their shoes in the days after our show of last month, and it looks like the second batch is now happening. And I see they had, um, when we went to air last time, they had the shoes were all marked, the men's and the women's were identical, were marked as sold out. So you could actually place an order and pay for a pair, right. but now you can. So they are providing the shoes. They've actually have gone to the trouble of um, branding the box, bare step, and there's an insole that's as well. Branded. But it, that's okay. also branded. So a little bit of expense they went to there um, and still being sold. And I haven't had anyone come to me that's got the shoes and not been happy. They're, they're wonderful. The point is, A, the, there was a very huge markup, and B, um, the whole backstory, which isn't on the website anymore, um, immediately after I took sent the media query, which they didn't respond to. They um, took that it, down. It, they took that down. Um, so, yes, you pay your money, you get your price, if you like your shoes, fine. But, you know, the marketing message was, was not genuine. Yeah. Um, and also, I think the learning is to do start getting to the habit of doing these reverse image searches when you're going to buy something online and see who else is selling the product for what. Um, and and what the you know you get more of a sense of what the origins of the product are, especially one, and it's not just this one example. There've been a few, especially around shoes, um, where these cheap imports from China um, sort of been sort of touted as Probably as local. South African. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a very nice use of technology to get to the the real story. 
Well, thanks for the update. I'm glad Stefan did eventually get the shoes, and it's quite an interesting conundrum now. How do you? He's going to have <laughs> to return the money. He's got to return the you money. You can't have yeah. a company abuse. You know, you, you, you'll have to pay again, to, effectively. He, yes. Yeah. So he's going to have to to return the money and keep the shoes. He, and you know, he can't return what he thinks the shoes are worth. He's got to return the money. You know, that that, that he was that, required that he to pay for them. That he was willing to pay, even though it's got an extra zero on the, <laughs> what they're going for on other sites. But fair enough. Okay, thanks for the update. So again, it's not uh, the, the shoes are finally going out. It wasn't a, a complete scam of a business. It was just some very dubious creative marketing. marketing. <laughs> um, and just be aware of that, and also be aware of the markup on the product. Cape Talk Consumer Talk WhatsApp on o seven two five. Right. Um, Somebody's just sent us a WhatsApp about a particular emporium they would like investigated. Uh, We need more than that to work with, please. So whoever sent that WhatsApp, if you can please send an email either directly to Wendy or directly to me um, and tell us the branch you bought from, the date, what you ordered. Um, You say it's been months since your order. There's been no response via email, WhatsApp or phone. Just some more details, please. An order number if you have one. Uh, The details of what you ordered on what date for what price and what has since happened. So we'd really like to to, to be able to follow up for you, but we need that uh, that basic information. Uh, uh, Email me on pippah at capetalk.co.za or send it to Wendy on consumer at nola.co.za and that is spelt K-N-O-W-L-E-R. Um, we'll gladly look into it for you. On Kirsten Bosch, Ken says he's been a life member for a long time and this is not the first time they've tried to change the conditions of membership, he says. When they joined 30 years ago, they each had a membership card. Later on, they said only one person could have a card for the family. I assume that was to try and prevent sharing of multiple yes. cards, um, which I guess is understandable as long as they didn't strip the actual benefit of your being allowed to take guests, which is now what is happening. But Ken, thank you for that. Uh, I believe we have got a voice note about the Chelsea Flower Show. Maybe we should listen to that before we sure. move on to the next story, Wendy. Bobby, thanks. Hi there, Pippa. I just wanted to voice my concern about our not being at the Chelsea Flower Show. Very, very sad to hear that. And I must say, I have been very concerned about Kirstenbosch over the last couple of months. I know we have had a bit of rain and we're expecting some good rains, which is going to be absolutely wonderful. But I know that going up the Cedar Walk a couple of weeks ago, goodness me, the ferns were dead, everything was limp and grass growing into all the flower beds where it's going to be a hang of a job to get it all out again. And there are very few gardeners to help. Thanks for your concern and for bringing this to the fore and let's hope that we can help save Kirsten Bosch Gardens. Bye-bye. Thank you. It is. I haven't been there in several months myself, so it is very, very worrying to hear that because, you know, this accumulates to a picture, Wendy, of beyond help, beyond. things being let slide. And we cannot yes. let Kirsten Bosch slide. It is such a crucial part of Cape Town's mm-hmm. marketing proposition. Besides the benefit that accrues to the city's residents as a marketing, mm. it's, it's one of the anchor things that the city is famous for. If that is allowed to slide in terms of the quality of what's on offer, it's a disaster all around. Absolutely. And I'm from Durban. So yeah. the, our botanic gardens there, yeah, the decline was 
quite marked. Tragic. It'd be horrible yeah. to, to see it replicated. Let's hope not. Okay, but again, we will continue to to keep on pushing and keep on asking and trying to get somebody from the National Biodiversity Institute on air to speak to what's gone on here. Um, we'll keep on trying. Wendy, we, we said two weeks ago when we were talking about the issue of wheelchair access to big events that we would follow up with the Artscape. Uh, let me just set the, the background here and explain why. It was a fortnight ago. We took up this issue after Cape Town-based um, psychologist Nikki Abdenor, who's also a well-known disability activist, she contacted us saying, hey, there is an issue here we need to talk about, and that is the cost of attending events if you are in a wheelchair. She said, for example, at Grand West, the wheelchair users could only purchase the most expensive front row tickets if they wanted to go to Trevor Noah's show. And they had to pay that amount twice over if they needed an assistant to go with them as a companion. And she was saying, you know, is that fair? We don't have any choice about being in a wheelchair. It's not like we have the option of buying a cheaper seat at the back like everybody else does. Surely it's not fair to penalize us in that way. And for those who weren't listening a fortnight ago, the wonderful thing is that the response we got from the show organizers was immediate and Grandway said, we don't set the ticket prices. Uh, the show organizers do. We went to the organizer of the Tre- of Trevor Noah tour and the producer, Ryan Hardeth, came back immediately to say, we recognize this is a problem. We recognize that wheelchair users often need a companion for assistance and that that is not a choice. It's a necessity. Our system did not fairly account for that. And we will make it right. We will contact all of our wheelchair ticket buyers and offer them a rebate on those assistant companion tickets. And we will change the system going forward. So it was quick. It was emphatic. And it was a real game changer from that particular producer. But of course, that's one venue and one show. And while we were talking about it, somebody phoned in to say, what about the Artscape? What is the policy there for wheelchair users? Um, I had some difficulty trying to book a long while ago, and they were placed right at the back next to the sound equipment. Wendy, in fairness, we said we should look into that and give yes. Artscape a chance to tell us about their policy. Uh, you've had that engagement this past week. I did with Artscape's communications and brand management uh, head, Simone Herodine. Uh, she says, um, as part of an enablement project to improve universal access for persons with special needs at Artscape. The Western Cape Provincial Government, to whom the building belongs, uh, adjusted the seats and related infrastructure in, in, in 2020, this was, in rows Y and Z in the Opera Auditorium to create spaces for wheelchair users. She said all the seats in those rows were modified so that they are in pairs and portable to cater for people in wheelchairs. The yep. tiered platform in row Z was modified so that it is in sections and portable as well and making it accessible for wheelchair users. And in the theater, the entire back row of seats can be removed for wheelchairs if needed. Um, and then she went on to say that um, being a cultural agency of the National Department of Sports, Arts and Culture, um, in 2017, the department granted Artscape funding for major disability accessibility upgrades, including wheelchair ramps across the theater and all its venues, um, lowered bar and food surface counters so that wheelchair users can have counters to Great. place their food and, and, and drinks onto, designated toilet and bathroom facilities for those with disabilities, including wheelchair users, as well as signage updated for the visually impaired, including carpet designs that indicate which oh. level or auditorium one is in. I hadn't and thought th- of that. I think I if you're able-bodied, that. you don't really notice these things, but you certainly would notice the absence of them if you were if trying you to them. navigate. Yeah. 
it doesn't surprise me to hear all of that, Wendy, because, of course, Marlene Nauru, who is in charge of the Artscape, is herself a very vocal disability activist, having lived with a disability since her um, bout of polio in childhood. So uh, I'm not at all surprised to hear that they are on it in terms of accessibility. Yeah. The question around the, pricing it's is actually about this. Though. Yes, yeah. it is a separate issue. So um, they don't... They're in the same position as Grand West told us they were, and that is that they don't set the ticket prices for the shows themselves. Um, someone said the, pro- the productions are not ours, and the associated companies such as Cape Town Opera, Cape Town City Ballet, Jazz Art Dance Theatre, as well as independent producers such as Peter Turin Productions and Showtime Management, they hire the theatre, although they waive those costs during lockdown and, yes, and beyond for some that, yeah. time. Ticket prices are thus not determined by us, but by the companies and independent producers. It will be up to each individual producer to consider concessions, including free access to companions. Um, okay, so okay, so again, it's it's back to the same situation that the theatre itself cannot manage that pricing. It is the the producers of the show that can do so. Um, look, I mean, it, basically, bottom line is then if you feel that you are being unfairly charged as a wheelchair user, so there's no disputing that there is access to there the is artscape. Access. That is, and good access yes. to the artscape. If you feel you're being unfairly treated in terms of the seating prices and particularly the companion seating prices, the strategy then, Wendy, would be to challenge the production itself, exactly. not the theatre. And it would be lovely to get some feedback um, from listeners who who you've are tried it, yeah. who've tried that to say, um, I need a companion. It's going to cost me an awful lot of money to, for, for you know double ticket. Um, w- there is a precedent and quite a local one yeah. to uh, for, for the waiving of the of that companion ticket price. And how about it? And I think that's the lovely thing about what Trevor Noah's show producers have done, coming back so quickly and saying we just we just hadn't thought of it. Essentially, yeah. is what happened there. Isn't that the privilege of being yes. able bodied? You exactly. don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice also to, given that Artscape is so. Um, it does have such high awareness about disability issues. If they also came to the party and started advocating, and they have the these contractual relationships with the producers. Mm. Start advocating and say, well, you know, can we, how about we, we do this? Negotiate, Negotiate that, that please yeah, consider it they have, please be mindful of it. Yeah, as I say, mm. they have that existing relationship. I think it's a good but idea. But I think we should keep on this and see how far we can we can take it. And Well, again, I mean, it worked in Nikki's case. It, it, mm. was, it wasn't even heavy pressure. It was the lightest touch it's saying, really, hey, just one email. Yeah, yes. and it worked. So let's hope that other producers will 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 follow suit and feel the pressure to follow suit because one person has blazed the trail uh, beforehand. So uh, thank you for that feedback and thank you to Simone at the Artscape for for um, just heightening awareness of all the different adapt adaptations. Is that the word I'm looking for that yes. have already happened in the theatre? Um, it's very easy not to notice those if you're not the person who's reliant on them. So thank you for that. Okay, we've spoken about the shoes, we've spoken about the gardens. Wendy, there was one last bit of news you wanted to share with us before yes. we move into open line. Yes, very quickly, because I yeah. do want us to take some calls, and that is the Consumer Goods and Services Ombudsman. They're, they're celebrating 10 years in operation this year. They've handled you know, 66,000 complaints in that time, saving consumers millions of rand in legal fees, and I really do admire the work they do. They're growing all the time. What's new? What's new is from, you know, back in the day, you've, they, you know, you, people were faxing their complaints, and now it's you go onto the website and you send a we, uh, an email, yeah, yeah. and now they've got with twenty twenty three, and they've launched just yesterday um, a consumer goods and services ombud um, app, okay. mobile app. I went; it's free on Android and iPhone. I went into my app store and I 
downloaded it yesterday, um, and it's great. It's a very um, hip and happening way to do things. Okay. It's in the palm of your hand on your phone. I, I, I registered. You just put in a password, and you can lodge complaints there. So in the spur of the moment, if you're not at, a, at your computer, a lot of people find emailing on their phone quite tricky. Yeah. You can um, do it there. You can track your complaints, see where it is in the process. You can interact with the office without having to call or email. Um, and I, th- I think it's pretty impressive. That's so, great. so yeah, let's uh, listeners have a go. Uh, it's the C. Just just um, search for CGSO. CGSO for Consumer Goods and Services Ombud. Um, yeah. Okay. CGSO app. And yeah, let us know if you've used it, how it worked for you. Thanks for the heads up on that one. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. Wendy and Papa, fabulous show as ever, thank you. In respect to disabled access, maybe an easy way of dealing with it is that each of the properties ensure that in their standard terms of conditions with the production houses, they are made aware of and will accommodate people with disabilities and wheelchairs and related equipment. Maybe that's the way to deal with it. And that'll ensure that these very important considerations are not forgotten. Thank love, you. Love that idea. So do I. Thank you. Because it's a two-pronged two thing. There's the accessibility thing, which is really important, and then there is the, the, pricing, the pricing issue, issue. so yeah. that they aren't disadvantaged or prejudiced in that way. I love that idea of saying just don't don't even allow for the op- for the possibility of it not being looked at. Yeah, Put how, it into and your and how and can C's. they object to it? Now there's a precedent, yeah. and you know, and I mean, how could you? Nobody in good, good conscience could and say no. And it's not going to be. Yeah. Hundreds and hundreds of people. That's you know? the other thing. It's it's not. It's it's back to the Sanby example. It's exactly. a small percentage of a much larger income. Make a big difference income. to those people. Yeah, means a lot to great. them. We'll definitely follow that up. Thank you so much. I think it's a great idea. Okay. Oh goodness, Wendy. <laughs> the next one is a bit of a, thor- a thorny one and long-standing complaint. And Jack in Bortisic, uh brings it up. And I just thought maybe you could update us on where we are in this one. Okay. He says, "When I'm buying Vodacom airtime and data, we are limited to a period of time. In my case, seven days. Otherwise, the airtime and data." expires. Surely, if this is a commodity we have paid for, the suppliers shouldn't be allowed to do this. It amounts to theft. There have been hearings about it. There have been years and years and years and they just uh, allowed to do it. I I mean, I've had I've had every justification and explanation around it for all sides, but they just continue to do it. The, The problem is that the Consumer Protection Act, which applies to the telecoms industry, states that when you have prepaid for something, you are entitled to get full value of that spend for at least three years. Now, they justified it by saying, well, you consume it when you download it. Uh, no, you, no don't. you don't. Um, it's like saying you, you, you dish up the food onto a plate and and then you've you've consumed it. No, you haven't. It's made, you've made it available, but you haven't consumed it. You've derived no benefit from it. Yeah. Um, th- this is one of um, several consumer injustices that just persist and persist and persist. Um, uh, quite a few of them actually pertain to the software industry. Yeah. The other one is them not, in many cases, not um, giving people access to their call recordings when there's a dispute about a telesales um, transaction. Yes. There's lots of them. 
um, when phones malfunction with the six, within six months, they want to repair them instead of replacing when I take up those cases. Oh, yes, no, of course, we will, we will um, replace it. Well, why didn't you do it before I got involved? Yeah, no, they, they do some good, but there's a lot of issues with that industry yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Okay, thanks for that update. The next one is an SMS in from Zygmunt and Takai, and it speaks to something we also speak about an awful lot, Wendy, the right of return when a product is defective. So he writes to say, have pick and pay changed their policy of if you're not 100% satisfied with your product, we'll gladly exchange or give you your money back? That's the question. He says, we bought a small rose in a plastic pot from pick and pay in Takai, which looked half dead due to the ice cold aircon in the store. When I got home, I discovered that there was almost no soil in the pot. I gave it compost, soil and water, gave it some sunlight and left it for a few days, but its condition only got worse. I tried to take it back, but Pick and Pay Takai said no to money back. Call Stenter has still not replied to me, so Monday morning I went to Pick and Pay head office in Rosmead Avenue, Kenilworth, and put the almost dead rose on the desk of the two ladies at reception with a note for Conrad, the manager of customer care. Still no one has come back to me. Okay. Segment, I actually applaud There's your effort Absolutely. Yeah. Per- persistence. There a couple of issues there a bit tricky because what what he should have done is take it straight back sometimes you don't notice because it's got a bit of wrapping around it mm. whatever cellophane or whatever whatever um and so you don't notice it and um so he should have gone straight back or in the next few days but what he's done is tampered with the rose he's added stuff in in, in the cpa that's that's referred to as modification uh-huh. um and so it you know, who's to now say that there was, you know, the compost was too too intense or that, you know. Um, so so I can sort of look as a customer service, they should, they should have just seen, yeah. read the room and, and, and just replaced it instead of, you know, really sometimes I don't understand the, the pushback for what. Um, the sake of 120 it's, rand. It's, the, it's yeah. the theme of this week's segment, actually. Yeah. Um, but just to say... Um, not uh, just came to mind, but Stodals has a, a, a warranty. If it, if it does, we replace it, no questions asked. I think I'm not sure if there's a limit. Yeah. Um, there must be, but um, I've never put it to the test, but they do advertise it. I would love if anyone's ever put that, that, that warranty to the test, test yes. at Stodals. I've got a few branches. Let's hear how that went. But yeah, I think it was quite an interesting one because, I mean, you plant, if, okay, there's a pot plant that's easier, but if you plant a plant, and then, I mean, how many people are going to take it out of the soil and take it back? I mean, you could have just not watered it. You could have, you know, fertilized a bit of fan ball set that, that's yeah. going to kill it. And that kind of, which I did on moving to the Cape okay. at first until, <laughs> until I was told you don't do that with fan balls. But yeah, it's a tricky issue. She, in short, he should have taken it straight back in the condition in which he'd bought it. But, yeah, but, you or know. not taken it at all, given that by your own concession it was looking half dead in the store already. I suspect, already. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Maybe it was a um, rescue mission. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've done that a few times. So point Rescued taken, had you gone straight back and said, look, this is as I bought it, this is the amount of soil in the pot, it's not okay, please replace it, they wouldn't have had a leg to stand on in saying no, but because you took it and modified it, they could easily say, well, they would no be, proof legally they that could. the cause of death was the way we sold it to you. And yeah. on that note, I've got a thing about um, the flower and plant displays usually at the entrance to stores. And to me, that is a that is an absolute indicator of the management level in the store because if I see drooping dead, and sometimes you'll have three quarters of the plants actually either completely dead or on their way to being dead, drooping, awful. 
um, then I take that as a sign that the management of that store was not up to scratch. And I think it's a pretty good indicator. So, you know. Of level of attention to Of detail, level of attention to details. Right yeah. at the front of the store. You, as people walk in, you're telling them about yourself as okay. a store in terms of attention to detail. Exactly. So yeah. if you manage the supermarket, I would say keep that in just, mind. just keep that in mind. Yeah. Well, just two quick responses here. Firstly, on the data issue, Patricia says, I recently transferred from Vodacom to NTN for this very reason. Plus, I was getting tired of the 1 a.m. reminders about my data. Well, I'm with MTN and my data expires depending on what kind of package you buy. So, Patricia, just be careful which package you're buying with them. They all do it. And as for the 1 a.m. reminders, put your phone on not, do not disturb mode and you won't have to engage with them at 1 a.m. But this is a nice one to end the conversation about disability access at theatre. Uh, Anonymous says... We had a fabulous experience at the Artscape when we went to see the Pearl Fishers. That's very recently. I think it was last week or the week before. My aunt was very well assisted with a wheelchair. My only comment is that we were dropped off at the foyer for We Will Rock You and not for the Pearl uh, Fishers. But thanks to the sweepers who come around asking if anybody there was for the opera, they bustled us in in time. Lovely. So thank you for that immediate feedback. It is greatly appreciated. And it's good to know you were looked after, although you would think that attention to which show the person's going to would be a fairly important part of the process. Sure. But there we go. At least it was was remedied. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are going to leave it there with a reminder that if you would like to bring a case to Wendy's attention, the easiest thing to do is send an email to consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R. She knows a lot Mm. about consumer affairs. nola.co.za. You can also contact her via her Facebook page, Wendy Nola Consumer. And please remember to put the words Cape Talk in the subject line so she knows it's for this show. Wendy, thank you as always. We'll chat again next week. Yes.